Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, Bills fans, hopefully these last couple days have kind of calmed you down a little bit after the stinker that was the Monday Night Football game against the New York Jets. Thanks for listening to another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Matt Bove, Channel 7, joined by Sal Capaccio, Bill Sideline reporter, WGR. Sal, so now we are a few days removed from that game. We've had a chance to really hear from everybody. We heard from Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey. It feels like they think they'll write the ship. But do you think they'll write the ship? Because that's the question everybody wants to know this week. What are we going to see from yeah. the offense? Yeah, I, I think a couple things here, Matt. Um I agree with you. It feels like they believe that now it's not a hubris of ours oh, going to go out there and beat the Raiders. I think that it just, it's a confidence of, Hey, we beat ourselves. We're better than that. We know not to do that. We're not going to let it happen again. And Josh even said that Josh said, you know, in the grand scheme of things, and he took ownership that he said in the grand scheme of things, it's one game. We're not going to let it become two, you know? And I like that kind of talking. I do think it's a team that they should be able to beat. I mean, come on. It's the, it's the Raiders who, are not nearly as talented as the Bills. They have talent, there's no doubt. But roster yeah. for roster, they're not the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a nine-point favorite for a reason. Um, so I do think they should be able to. And quite honestly, throughout Josh Allen's career, when he's had poor games and a lot of turnovers, he's been great the next game. Yeah. So I think that he's been very good at self-correcting, self-understanding, and making sure – you know, they always talk about stacking wins. He makes sure that he doesn't stack bad performances. Yeah, the only thing, I hear everything that you're saying. I agree with it for the most part, but I am certainly not overlooking anybody because nope. I wonder what would the line have been if it was Zach Wilson and the Jets going into the game? The Bills would probably be favored by nine points, yep. 10 points in New York, and they still played down to their competition, and they lost. I don't think they're going to do it back-to-back weeks. I think they are a much better team than what they displayed, but I do think it's a combination of both. I think it's they're better than they showed. And I think the Jets defense is really legit. And for some reason, just gives Josh a problem every single time. It needs to be a bounce back game. But that being said, he cannot try and do too much and try and like, you know, kind of make up for it. Like, I don't need to see Josh going out there and throwing it 40 times in this game. Like, let the game dictate how you need to play, have a balanced attack offensively. I think you should be able to move the ball better an easier 
on the ground and in the air against this team. Obviously, the big concern with their defense is Max Crosby, especially if Max Crosby is going to go up against Spencer Brown a lot. That's a battle that they could win. So maybe they try and implement some of the really like quick passes that they were doing early in the Jets game try and get Josh into a little bit of a rhythm and then start to take your shots, then start to be a little bit more calculated. But yeah, I I think they'll bounce back, but I'm a little bit concerned that they're going to be so focused on playing a clean game that they're going to be in their head and they won't play free. Like that's the thing that I keep going back to. Like I don't want, I don't want to see Josh thinking too much. Like he is so good because of how he reacts and just because he's such an incredible athlete. Yeah. You need to be coached. Yeah. You need to rein it in. But don't try and fit into a box that you shouldn't be trying to fit into. Yeah, and for sure, you can't overlook anyone. We all we all remember Josh's rookie year, those going to Minnesota, and they were like 17-point underdogs, and they won, right? I yeah, mean, exactly. Crazy. You know, you, you can't let that happen. I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in this team, this staff, Josh Allen, of course, but anything can happen. It's the National Football League, but I think they have the right people and temperament in their organization and in the room to understand the gravity of, you know, what it would mean to go 0-2 against two conference teams, right? Especially one division team and then another team. So I agree with all of that. I want to go back to what people have been saying, right? Um, You know, Ken Dorsey, of course, says he trusts Josh Allen implicitly. I did ask Ken Dorsey, is there any thought to him going down and being on the sidelines? You know, he calls plays from the booth that he could kind of talk to Josh directly. And that's not implying, and I haven't said, I know you have trust in Joe Brady. It's not implying they wouldn't have trust in Joe Brady. But you wonder if there needs to be some other sort of communication going on with Josh on the sidelines. I don't know if it's going to matter. I don't, I don't, quite frankly, probably wouldn't, to be quite honest no. with you. But you wonder if, and by the way, his answer to that was their process has been good for a year. They don't want to screw up the process. And I agree with that. I just wonder if there's got to be somewhere along the line, some sort of communication during a game to Josh or, you know, because you, you let Josh play and you just have to then trust that he's going to make those corrections. Has their process been good? Like, and if it has been good, does it matter? Because has the play on the field been consistently good? I would say that it's been okay. And I think you should be looking for anything that maybe gives your team a spark or maybe anything that kind of gets you out of a rut. Maybe they try it and they hate it, but, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I also don't necessarily think it would make a huge difference, but I just keep coming back to like the process has been good. I don't think this offense has been good really since what the Packers game last year, like they've been statistically good, but they never looked like a dominant unit that could just go down the field and move the ball. So I think there is room for improvement. This is, you know, such a big picture conversation. Josh Allen is the reason why they lost that game on Monday Night Football, but Ken Dorsey did not do him any favors. I think it's Ken Dorsey's job to get the most out of your best players. Your best player is Josh Allen. We know it can be done because we saw it done with Brian Dable for years here. And that's not a fair bar. Like Brian Dable is a head coach in the NFL now because he is one of the elite offensive minds in the game. But I feel like there's still a gap between what he has looked like with Dorsey and what he was with Dable. I think he just needs to get closer to that middle. And I think that's what the realistic expectation is. And it still just has never felt like this offense, even going back in the Jets game, they get the ball down 16-13. You know that they have to score, and you know that they've got four downs. At that point, I feel pretty confident that they're going to go down the field and probably tie the game. I was like, at least they're going to get to field goal range. I'm confident in that. But then the minute they took that false start penalty in overtime, Spencer Brown, Mm -hmm. and it was second and 15, I'm Mm -hmm. like, 
they're going to have to punt and they're going to have great field position. I would have never thought, obviously, the Jets returned it, but I just do not have nearly as much confidence in the Bills offense as I did, I don't know, a year and a half ago or even at the beginning of last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong at all about the Dable point. That's been brought up a lot by people, but I I think you're also right that like the drop-off, it's anybody. Like any Brian Dable to anybody's going to be a drop-off. So you know, the question is like, where is Ken Dorsey with that, with Josh Allen and where, what level can he get him to? Um, because I, I think it's kind of unfair to talk about Ken Dorsey like that because the bar is so high. You, you know, there's an old saying in sports, you know, this, <clears throat> you never want to be the man who follows the man. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be the man who follows the man who followed the man. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you, so there's such a hard, high bar. I agree with you there. I, I wonder though, Matt, what, what's do, what doesn't make sense to me is, they were humming in the first half of last season mm-hmm. with Ken Dorsey as a first-year offensive coordinator. Yeah. It was right after losing Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know what changed other than a Josh Allen injury, of course, that didn't help things. But, I mean, you look, Josh only threw in the last 13 games, okay, last 13 games, counting playoffs, Josh only threw him for 300 yards three times. Like, obviously, he's just not been the exact same quarterback. And again, again I understand UCL injury. But it's not like they've been devoid ever since Brian Dable left. They were really, really high-powered and good and doing everything right those first, what, six, seven weeks yeah. after Brian Dable left last year when Ken Dorsey. That's what's not making sense to me when uh-huh. I think perfectly logical you bring up the Brian Dable point. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I just have a hard time washing that with the fact of how good they were immediately after he left for six, seven games. Well, they weren't that good, though. They were really oh, good. I think they were in the first part of the year last year. Well, they were for two games. And then they lost to Miami. They stunk in that game. And then they rallied against the Ravens in that like weird sloppy rain game where I think they put up like 20-something points or whatever it was. Then they kind of hit their stride a little bit, but then they cooled off. And it was like they hit their stride. It's all relative, right? Because the Chiefs game, they scored, I think, 24 points in that game. But it was a pretty good offensive game. You know, there was a few little mishaps here and there. There was the fumble to McKenzie on the, like, pitch thing. So offensively, I think they were better then than they were now. I think that should be though what they are capable of doing. And I think they will be like, I I really do think that Josh is going to be okay. I tweeted this earlier in the week. I am more concerned about the play caller than I am about the player. And that's not necessarily just a reaction to week one. It's just the trends that they're heading in the direction. I trust that they will get better, but I do not think Dorsey has like the longest leash in the world here, because if something doesn't get better, Somebody will be to blame, and it's not going to be Josh Allen. It's just not oh, no, internally. Not. Not. So it makes you wonder what is the pan- like, when do you start to panic? I said something on the news earlier this week. I said, the sky is certainly not falling, but it might not be a bad idea to have an umbrella ready because if things do not get better quick, like they have to beat the Raiders and they have to beat the commanders. It is week two and week three. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not afraid to throw around like, these are must-win games, which is ridiculous for a team that's got the aspirations that they have. But you, with the schedule at the end of the season, you cannot slip up on back-to-back weeks and expect that you can make up ground later. Because if you're going to make up ground later, then you're talking about beating the Chiefs, the Cowboys, your division opponents again, like the Chargers. Like these are tough teams. These are tougher teams than the Jets without Aaron Rodgers 
the Raiders and the Commanders. Bills did do something they said they were going to do, and I think it was the right game plan and the right way to approach it, which is they were very heavy 12 personnel team on Monday mm -hmm. night. And for everybody who might not understand, 12 personnel means two numbers. One is number of running backs on the field. Two is number of tight ends. So one, two, 12. So two tight ends in the field, that's what they wanted to go towards. They were the heaviest 12 personnel team. They ran that more than any team in the league. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, it didn't translate into the numbers I thought it would for Dalton Kincaid doing that. I like that. I want him to stick with that. I know that mm -hmm. I know that it wasn't a great offensive output statistically, but mm -hmm. I think that's the right approach. I think that's how they've constructed their roster, and I like it. And again, I'll go back to look at the look at the film. There were guys open. It wasn't like Ken Dorsey didn't scheme guys open. He called plays where people were open, and Josh Allen didn't hit him, didn't find him, bailed out of the pocket too soon, whatever it is. I would like to see them continue with that 12 personnel. I do think that is the way for them to go. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. I don't disagree with you. But in uh, to your point of there being guys open, there were. But you know the plays that everybody's going to think about are they're going to think about the Gabe Davis interception, the third interception where Diggs was wide open in the middle of the field, and then on the first interception you're going to say, well, like Josh could have just ran it, but he tried to hit Hardy over the top, probably didn't see the safety. I just want to see more specific plays for down and distance that I see around the league. Like if it's third and one, I don't know. You could just throw a screen to Deontay Hardy and follow your block and you're going to get a yard. Or if, Dam or if Damian Harris can't get a yard, then he probably should not be on the team. So I just don't know. So the Gabe Davis interception happens on third and two. Maybe they told Josh, like, your read here is Diggs. And then he panicked and he tried to hit Davis over the top. Don't even give him the option. you got to protect him from himself at that point. There should be three guys who are running three, four-yard routes and just getting, you know what I mean? Like those are. Yeah, such I want to tie this into something Dorsey said. I, I, I like it because, I, first of all, I think on that particular play, I think what he did do was, and I don't know if they told him what his read is necessarily, but I do think he saw it was man to man coverage. He put Diggs in motion. Guy goes with Diggs, so he knows it's man to man. He picks out the matchup he likes, which is Davis. Shouldn't have been. He predetermined where he's going to go. Shouldn't uh -huh. have been. What I didn't like about that play was exactly what you just said, which is to me that's a great opportunity. For a QB run. Like, it's third and two. Mm -hmm. Just get on the edge. Let Josh get it and get out of bounds. Get down. I mean, I know we don't love seeing Josh running. That would be it. Because, honestly, even if he gets a yard and a half, you might go for it on fourth down, on fourth and a half. But mm -hmm. to me, that was a great opportunity for a QB-designed run. So, on Thursday, Ken Dorsey says to the media, they intentionally, he said, we limited the designed runs for Josh. Okay. Look, we all talk about, we've talked about for months, you know, you don't want Josh running all the time and taking a pounding, mm -hmm. but here's the, the coordinator saying we limited his design runs. And I'm thinking back, well, I think maybe there might've been a few times where maybe you could have called those. And I, I want to know where that's going to go. And I, this is probably a ridiculous take. Okay. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're like, this guy knows nothing to that point. I have thought this for a little while. I think maybe you've coached football. So tell me if I'm wrong here. I think maybe he's coached a little bit too much. 
and I think he's in his head, and that's one of the reasons why there's forced. I think he's scared to just go out there and be an athlete and make a play and run, and that's why on the first interception, he isn't trying to run for the first down, and he's trying to hit him over the top. And that's why on the third interception, he's not just running and picking up the first down, and he's trying to throw the ball. Like I think he is legitimately, everybody keeps telling him, you need to be smarter, you need to be smarter, you need to avoid hits. And now he is in his head about doing that and not just reacting to the play. Well, to, like to a I, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to say I think you're crazy. I don't agree with you, but I think there's room for me to agree with you in this sense. If that were true, man, I don't know why he's trying to run over people on a set, on a, you know, <laughs> in between two guys and jumping that's, over that's, guys. That's, that's a very fair counter. That's right? a very I mean, like, fair I, counter. He, he wouldn't be scared. He, he's not, he didn't avoid. He also had one where he ran up the middle and there was a, there's been a lot of talk about, was it a design run? Was it a pocket breaking down? But he took off, right? I mean, like, yeah. so I don't think that. I do think, however, there's room for you to be right here in this sense, which is there may be times where he's running and going, oh, yeah, I've been told, I, don't do this. Just go, just throw it. Like, don't run here. And maybe that's messing him up. I don't know, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, sometimes he says, I don't care. And sometimes he goes, oh, yeah, I got to remember not to do that. And mm-hmm. that can absolutely mess anybody up where you're kind of caught in between what you're trying to do. Um, and then there was one other point about that. I completely probably pretty much forgot what I was going to say, but that's okay. It was about, about the offense and how Josh is doing all this, but um, I don't think they're coaching him too much. No. In fact, maybe he has to be coached a little harder and more on not, you know, throwing the interceptions and taking those chances. But I do think that the messaging, the messaging could be messing with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's a very fair point. And I think nothing really feels like it's super cohesive right now. Right. It is one game. So I do not think that this is the end of the world. I do think that they're going to bounce back. I think they need to bounce back. And I think if they go out there on Sunday and have a really strong offensive performance, you know, it's funny because the defense could almost look terrible. But if the offense puts up 35, 40 points, most Bills fans are probably going to be happy and go, okay, offense is back. That's what we needed. You know what I mean? Like it's probably so much better for your football team to win a game 24-10 than it is to win it 35-34. But I think Bills fans, that's what they want to see. They want to see the offense go out there and put up points. And I think they have an opportunity to at least do that. I mean, the thing that I keep coming to, the first week of the NFL season is always weird. It just always is. And offense is – usually are a little bit behind defense. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just that the offense was behind the defense. It was behind a defense that is talking to themselves, talking about themselves in the same breath as the 85 bears. I certainly don't think they're that, but they are very, very good. And I think it was just kind of like the perfect storm for things that could go wrong. And now you kind of slowly got to dig yourself out of that hole. And, And I do think they will. The Raiders are up next, the home opener. And that is going to be Sunday at one o'clock in Orchard Park. I sat down with Vinny Bonsignor. He is the Raiders beat reporter for the um, Review Journal. He's also host of the, let me get this right, the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. And Vinny is going to tell us all about what the Raiders present, including possible injury updates to Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and what to expect when they come to town to face the Buffalo Bills. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.